Washak here, co-creator of the Fit and 42, and your host, your captain, your navigator to the Fit and 42 life. Guys, today I want to get personal with you. I want to tell you where I've been and where I feel we are going um, personally as well as a, a tribe. All right, so I've been a coach most of my life in some facet, whether it was the Marine Corps or getting into this field. But uh, I think my earliest coaching moment that I can remember was when I was in, I don't know, sixth, seventh grade, maybe eighth grade. And it's funny, uh, my brother Jerry and I, Jerry's four years younger than me. Um, all the neighborhood kids would, during the summer, we'd get together and we'd literally have a fight club in one of our backyards a couple times a week. So the, the kids around my age, we'd all fight. And then the kids around my brother's age, they'd all fight. And that's when I got the coaching bug because I started training Jerry and I, I didn't necessarily know exactly what I was doing, uh, but I would have him lift bricks over his head. I'd have him curl milk cartons, run up and down our stairs a bunch of times. And I think the, uh, looking back, the funniest thing I had him do was when my stepmom would give him dinner, she, um, my parents didn't sit down with us. They would give us dinner, and then they would go, um, you know, do whatever. So when my stepmom would give my brother Jerry his dinner, I would pull his plate towards me, and then I would hand him a cucumber. And a cucumber and a bowl of dressing. And so he would dip that cucumber in the bowl of dressing, and he would eat it. And uh, you're saying to yourself, why would Jerry do that? Well, I was his older brother. He trusted me. I was four years older, um, and he didn't know any better. And I didn't know what I was doing either. But immediately after dinner then, I would work Jerry out. And this happened for quite a bit of time. I would say a few days, maybe a week. And Jerry developed a fear of cucumbers. And to this day, he still won't eat cucumbers. He would have nightmares about cucumbers. And you might be saying, Casey, you know, you're a horrible person. You know, one, like I said, I was, what, 11, 12 maybe. But at the same time, I got to tell you this. He never lost. Jerry went undefeated in the fight club in our backyard uh, for that summer. And uh, could I? Could, could the reason be the cucumber diet? I don't know. I wouldn't recommend following that 
nutritional protocol. Um, I've come a long way in my um, expertise, especially with nutrition. But that was the foundation right there, training my little brother and getting him to go undefeated in the New Jersey Fight Club that was happening in our backyard. All right, so I've been doing this a long time and trying to help people. And um, it's interesting because as I'm helping others, that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, I got everything figured out. It doesn't necessarily mean that my life is 100% on point. So I want to share some of that with you guys. I want to share some of the uh, trials and tribulations that's been going on in the Washack household for the last few months. All right, so um, I mention her often, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned what my wife, Teresa, does. But she was a school teacher for the last 14 years. All right. And in those 14 years, she primarily taught fourth to sixth grade. And in those 14 years, especially the last half dozen years, my wife has either won Teacher of the Year or was runner-up. I feel like I have to set the stage for what's a, what I'm about to talk about. So, in the infinite wisdom of the California school system, and to save a dollar, they disbanded my wife's class in October, her sixth graders. What that means is they basically took her class and divvied it up amongst the two other sixth grade teachers and then moved my wife from who's been a teacher teaching between fourth and sixth grade for the last 14 years, moved her to a new school and put her in a kindergarten classroom. And personally, um, I feel that a kindergarten teacher is a special breed of person. That's somebody who wants to deal with your four- and five-year-olds on a daily basis and has that temperament, and it's just a special type of person. And I also have to explain that my wife, Teresa, is a planner. She spends the summer a couple hours a day planning out what she was going to do with her sixth grade class that whole next school year. So she could have told you what she was going to do on May 17th with your kids. Everything's planned out. That's just how she rolls. And she never got that opportunity. Um, the school district pulled her out of the classroom. And not only was this woman runner-up or teacher of the year for the last six, seven years, but she's got her master's degree in curriculum. 
like creating curriculum. And I honestly believe that it was a financial decision. Teresa got paid well, uh, as as she should, and California is always trying to save a buck or take a buck, and what they did was they actually, uh, they broke my wife. So Teresa tried to make this work, but not only was she upset that she had created a bond with her sixth grade class, and then that was disbanded. Uh, you know, she got thrown into a, a new, a different grade, basically the the foundational grade, where you're creating a foundation. And she got told on a Thursday that on Monday she will be teaching kindergarten. So no time to plan. You can't do that to a planner. They don't do well with surprises. So this was really hard to watch. And as somebody who coaches people on a daily basis, I can't be a coach to my wife. I have a different role in my house. So I had to just support her and help her through this and just kind of figure out other options. Does Teresa stay and continue to be miserable, be depressed, go to bed before I get home with the kids? Or does she resign from something that was her identity for the last 14 years? Then what? This couldn't be my decision, guys. I could not make either decision. I couldn't say you need to stay because there could be some resentment. And I can't say you need to quit for that same reason. So this had to be Teresa's decision and I had to support whatever decision that is. But you also have to understand that my wife and I created a lifestyle around our two incomes. But that was not important to me. That didn't even cross my mind as I was watching my wife struggle with this change. So it really got me thinking. And I had to ask Teresa at a certain point, like, why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself through this? And 
her answers were what I would assume a lot of us would say. Well, we, you know, we have all these bills. We have this house that we, that we have, you know, and, and going through the list, um, what else am I going to do? But to me, none of that was important. My my wife, my relationship with my wife, my wife's relationship with our children, the family dynamic is not predicated on the house we live in or the the dollar amount that goes into our bank account per month. So the only thing I could do, I couldn't give advice. All I could do is ask questions. And I just said, Teresa, what would you tell our daughter if she was going through this? Is it worth it? But I don't, the money's not worth it if there's nothing for me to come home to. As far as my wife's depressed. She cried herself to sleep. What's the point? And how how could I accept that money? Because watching what it's doing to my wife, like she's giving up her her, her body, her her psyche. Her spirit, she's giving it all up for cash. Forget it. Forget that. So I told her whatever decision she makes, I will support. But I just want my wife back. And I don't care what we have to do to get it. But if we do decide, if she, uh, we, if, if she decides to quit and to resign, one, I'll step up. I'll do whatever we need to do. But two, nothing can be left off the table, meaning the house, the cars, the vacations, none of it. Nothing's more important to me than my family and that family dynamic. I don't need to keep up with the Joneses. The house is just a house. Wherever we live, we can make that a home. So, Teresa decided to resign. And honestly, I was relieved. I was hoping that was going to be the decision. And I got to tell you, I I got a I got super motivated because now it's all on me, and I like that pressure. But at the same time, I have goals. I have goals to where I want to to take my family as far as like where where we end up as 
the, the sort of lifestyle we live. And that, I had to look at everything we, we had and look at everything we're doing. And what the conclusion I came to was, that we need to move. There's a lot more to that decision than I'm leading on. All right? Jerry and myself, we own four gyms in Southern California in our area, and we're sitting here talking to ourselves, how do we grow? What's the next step for our business? Somebody's got to move. We have such an amazing team in our four gyms that there's almost too many chiefs, not enough Indians. You got Jerry and I and and then our our partners and managers in our other gyms, like there's a lot of all stars in the company in this one little area that we could spread out. So interestingly enough, these were conversations myself and my brother were having even before this situation arose with my wife. We're trying to figure out how do we grow? How do we take it to the next level? We hate sitting still. We're always trying to figure out the next evolution to our business. But not only our business, in order to evolve the business, we need to evolve as, as people and grow. We need to become people who would have four gyms and who, who would be helping all these people. So what does that person look like? So now we hit it. We don't like sitting still. So interestingly enough, so there was a theme inside my house once this situation hit with my wife. And our theme at that time was, are we being pushed or are we being tested? I don't think for a minute we were being tested. My wife has been a fourth to sixth grade teacher for 14 years. Why test her now? I personally feel that we were being pushed in a different direction. And honestly, besides the gyms and the, and the amazing people we have inside those four walls and my, my family, the thing that was anchoring us down to this area was my wife's career. Now, all of a sudden, that anchor's been cut. So what, what is holding us back? So there, like I said, guys, there's so many layers to this onion, and I hope I'm, I'm getting it across because there were so many different ways of looking at this looking at it family-wise, looking at it business-wise, looking at it financially. I live in one of the most bloated areas in the country. 
Meaning, everything is so expensive. And my income got cut almost in half. And so that means all the work we're doing, all the all the evolving we're doing as a business, if everything's rocking on all cylinders and doing amazing, that might get me back to where I was when Teresa had her career, financially, as a family. And for me, this, this isn't as good as it gets. I have so many big aspirations that I said to myself, look, I... Like, I I can't, I can't have a ceiling on me. I don't like that. And the only reason why I have a ceiling on me is because of the geographical location I planted this family. If I pick up and move, not only do I have an income from the gyms that Jerry and I created in Southern California, but I and. The unfortunate part is we can't open more gyms in our area. We have four. So somebody's got to move. And now if I move, if I move to a different state, one that's not as insane with the taxes and and um, the inflation and everything, we have a whole new area to grow in. The idea is not to go backwards. The idea is to move forward. And sometimes moving forward doesn't necessarily look like moving forward at first. It might like look like moving backwards, but what you're really doing is you're breaking the chains around you. So, in about three weeks from now, my family is moving a little north of Houston, Texas. And that's a big state that's void of Fit and 42. That's a state where... Everything is less expensive than California. Tax-wise, there are no state taxes. State income taxes, I should say. There's sales tax, which is comparable to where I live already. It's actually a little cheaper in Texas. Gas prices are cheaper. The house I can get for the same amount of money that I bought here in California I can get acres upon acres of forest with a pond on it and same similar similar size house for a fraction of the price I would pay here in California. All it takes is my family and I to make that leap. And I bring this up because I was thinking about this as all of this is happening to me. I wonder how many people out there would have just stayed 
in their job. And, you know, there are people right now who who we talk to who say things like, oh, I'd love to leave, but I can't. Like, And so I get it, but at the same time as somebody, I feel like, like I said, we're being pushed. I can't sit here and 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 try to help people and try to give them advice on things that I'm not willing to do myself. And so now I feel amazing. I I feel so in line with my purpose because I feel like if you were sitting across from me and you were asking me to help you and I might have to say things that really scare you and, and, and make you like make uh, a huge knot in your stomach and almost getting anxiety, but I could say that with a clear heart and clear conscience because I'm willing to do it. And like I said, there's so many layers to this as to why I'm doing it, but it all falls in line with my purpose. And so I just, I feel like I had to go through this to be able to say the things I'm saying now. And you know what? Um, this this isn't going to be easy. There. This is going to be trying. I'm, I'm moving to a brand new area. I know no one. And actually, I know two people. One of my Marine Corps buddies and his wife. That's how I ended up over there is talking to him and him and just uh, him sending me real estate and showing me the area. And then my family and I went to go visit him and we saw the area and we fell in love with it immediately. So I just wonder how many people, and this is kind of what scares me, is how many people just kind of throw their hands up and say, you know what, this is it. This is as good as it gets. And, you know, I just need to kind of surrender to the situation I'm in and just just live for the weekend or live for that, you know, the 5 p.m. when I get to go home from work. I I just, I, I just hope I can get across to some people that this is the only shot we got on this earth. And it shouldn't be to wait till we're 60 or 65 to retire and we can collect a pension um and and we shouldn't sacrifice ourselves for a job especially if it's if you're not like a firefighter or a police officer or a nurse yeah you know, like like something that's 
that's saving lives and, and putting your life on the line in order to help others. And I just think that, or I hope, that this might spark something in someone, someone listening to be like, you know what? There has to be something better out there. So something needs to change. That could be a career choice. That could be a relationship you're in, but there, you never know. And and so that's one of the things that's, that I think the reason why people stay, even if they don't like the situation they're in, is because they know what to expect. Like, this sucks, but at least I know what my days are going to be like. Whether it is a relationship, whether it is a career choice, whether it is just everything. Your health. So there's a lot of uncertainty in what I'm about to do. The only thing I can do, and obviously the only thing I've been doing, is trying to formulate a plan as much as humanly possible so the uncertain is not as uncertain. So, guys, I wanted to get a little personal with you today and tell you a little more about what's going on. And for a lot of you, this might be the first time you heard it. Uh, I haven't been talking too much about it. So, especially, it's a weird thing, guys. You know, this, this situation happened with my wife in October. We decided... Uh, Yeah, Halloween was her last day at work. So then, what, early December, we went out to Houston to check it out. And we had to sell our house. So it's weird when, when, uh, when I make a decision, I'm like a pit bull on a phone. Like, I... I won't let go. I'm I'm in. I'm all in on that decision, and I I want to move forward. But it was a weird situation for me to have to wait for somebody to purchase my house. So it's kind of in this limbo. It's like I don't want to think about it too much because I, there's nothing I can do. I'm I'm kind of you know using the dog analogy. I'm a dog on a chain right now. I can't. I can't run free. I can't I can't move forward until this happens and there's nothing I could really do to make this happen any faster. And what's really neat is uh actually a young family um who are clients of ours at one of our gyms saw our house, fell in love with it, and that makes me so happy. Because we absolutely love that house. That was my wife's quote-unquote forever house, um, which obviously changed with, the you know, is uh, 
domino effect with her uh, resigning from her job. But that house is not worth my wife and her happiness. And I don't want to lose my wife so I can have this nice house, these nice things. And meanwhile, um, my wife is a shell of herself. So I hope if somebody's listening out there that maybe you maybe they rethink just succumbing to their situation and start trying to think of ways out. There's always a way out. And this should not be as good as it gets. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. And bye.